0: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
1: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen, joined as always by Matt Verderam. Matt, how you doing? It's kind of a dark day in Chicago today.
0: It is. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm looking forward to uh, having the next couple of days off and relaxing, and uh, then watching the Chiefs uh, take care of business, I believe, against the Jets on Sunday.
1: I think they will do that. Yeah, that's right. You know, for, for those of you who don't know, Matt is our NFL editor at Fansided.com, former site expert at Arrowhead Addict. He works his butt off all week. You need to make sure you're reading his columns, Stacking the Box. Matt's also got a podcast. Uh, the, the podcast version of his column, Stacking the Box, comes out at the beginning of the week. And he's just got a lot of really great columns that come out throughout the course of the week, as does our entire NFL section. We've got some really great writers out there. Actually, can you tell, can you tell the the listeners out there about some of the great writers we have in the NFL section?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, Mike Tanier, who you might be familiar with from his days over Bleacher Report. He writes in New York Times, the New York Times right now writes over pro football network. Uh, He does a column every Tuesday called come on coach, which is, hilarious and I'm not saying that biasly I really it's, it's absolutely hysterical just about the worst coaching decisions of the week those go up Tuesday mornings we have Matt Lombardo who just joined us who used to be the beat writer for the New York Giants over at uh, nj.com who writes between the hash marks goes up every Wednesday uh, that's a really good insider column couple thousand words every, every Wednesday morning we have a mock draft that goes up every Wednesday from Brad Weiss who although he does run the Raiders site as a diehard Raiders fan he's a great guy uh nobody's perfect. Um we have all kinds con- I mean gambling stuff, fantasy stuff, guys, you know, like Dustin Baker, Russell Baxter, um, just on down the line. A couple of analytics columns, one by Nicholas McGee. we have a front office column that goes up on Fridays, uh by Rucker Harangi. So there's there's a lot of stuff. Any if if you're a fancy guy, if you're if you're into just uh you know, mock drafts, power rankings, yeah, just anal, uh, analytics, just analysis. We, we have to go.
1: Love it. Thanks for the update there. Please check out the NFL coverage on Fansided.com and, of course, all of your chief stuff at Arrowhead Addict. Matt, I had the biggest freaking bowl of Fruity Pebbles this morning. You know, like, I don't know if you're, you're, you're a cereal guy, right? Well, cereal. We've had some of these conversations on Twitter about our favorite cereals. I've kind of got back into it. I used to have a, when I was a kid, I used to have a bowl of cereal before bed every night. And now like, since we've been in quarantine, I kind of am bored of trying to mix life up a little bit, start buying cereal again. So, you know, when you get to the end of the the box and like, kind of like there's, there's not enough for two more bowls. So you just got to go all in. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did this morning. So I'm feeling feeling real, really full. Had just an entire bowl of sugar. Are you are you a fruity pebbles guy? I, I kind of came to fruity pebbles late. I was I wanted all the chocolate cereal when I was a kid. It's so I good. am.
0: I, I I am. I do like fruity pebbles, cocoa pebbles. I um in the last handful of years, I try to stay away from sugary cereals just because I'm trying to be I don't know uh, less reliant on. Uh, on that to get me going. But I, I, as I ate a lot of kicks, which I know is boring, but my favorite cereals, like if I I could just choose, I wanted to have, I'd eat cinnamon toast crunch for every meal. Uh, Reese's puffs, uh, Reese's puffs are great. Uh, yeah. Fruity and cocoa pebbles for sure. Apple cinnamon Cheerios, honey nut Cheerios, peanut butter crunch, uh, s'mores, which is hard to find, but it's fantastic. Um, apple jacks, cocoa, cocoa puffs are phenomenal. Because it's like chocolate milk at the end, um, so I could go on and on and on. But yes, I love cereal. Chocolate checks another great one. Now that now that we're having this conversation, by the way, I'm absolutely going to go out and buy a box of this cereal. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's awesome. You're right on the cocoa
1: puffs. Like you got to stir that up early on, yes, to make sure you get the the chocolate milk at the end. I yes. so I always love it. Halloween time, they come out with like the. All those old cereals that they don't really make anymore, like Count Chocula and frankie Oh, another Berry. great one, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. And I, can't, I couldn't find them this year. I don't know if it's because of COVID they didn't make them, but like I would, I would load up. You know, I would get them all. Uh, I'm, so I'm a little bit depressed. I was, I was like walking around the the, the Jewel grocery store here by my house looking for it uh, just last night, and I couldn't find it. But they had like Christmas captain crunch and all this christmas cereal out and i was appalled it's like two days before halloween get with the program here i may have to i I'll have to google it see if i can find some before it's too late well
0: you know what I, i'll say this uh if, if covid took away Count ocular then covid's gone on a bridge too far
1: that's right you know, that's that's the rest of this year i'll
0: handle but I'm not going to stand for losing Count chocolate. That should be something we can all agree upon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It can bring us all together. Um, I want to make sure you guys are checking out Arrowhead Addict. Obviously, this is the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Um, Matt Conner's got a really great – Matt Conner, if you don't know, you should. He's the site expert over at Arrowhead Attic, runs the whole show over there, does a fantastic job. He's got a nice article on, on Chiefs tight end Nick Kaiser on there today that I read this morning. I thought it was really good. It was a nice perspective. Listen, we were tough on Nick Kaiser last week on the podcast. I was particularly tough on him during the game last week on Twitter. You know you don't want to be seeing a guy like Nick Kaiser getting the ball too much just because the Chiefs have so many weapons. But Matt's got a really nice article over there about, hey, listen, like this this young guy, like he's Boy, it's it's a tough position to be a young guy trying to earn your keep on a team like the Chiefs, right? Because nobody wants to see Nick Kaiser with the ball, but you got to get some reps. You got to be able to make some mistakes. And there's obviously something they like about this guy, right? That that they're giving him the ball. That he's t- tight end number two on this team.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Look, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not comparing the two players, but just the situations. Jamal Charles was so bad at points early in his career that he was made inactive at one point. He fumbled
1: every time he touched the ball.
0: Yes. Constantly. Like to the point, say whatever you want about Todd Haley, like him, hate him, whatever. He was right to, to bench him. I mean, he could not hold on to the football and you know, Jamal Charles ended up having a pretty damn good career and became a guy who did not fumble very much at all as the years went on. So, no, is Nick Kaiser going to be the tight end equivalent of Jamal Charles? Probably not. I mean, how many players are, right? Jamal Charles, in my opinion, I don't know if he'll ever get in the Hall of Fame, but he's certainly a Hall of Fame talent. Nick Kaiser, he may, he may end up going by the wayside. He may end up being a good player for the Chiefs. But, yes, there are guys who early in their careers have had struggles far worse than what Nick Kaiser's done, and then all of a sudden they come out of it and they play really well. And so we'll have to wait and see. Yes. He struggled at times. There's no doubt about that, but the chiefs keep giving him opportunities, which means Andy Reid believes in him and thinks there's talent there because if he didn't think that Nick Kaiser would be nowhere near the field.
1: Yeah. It's frustrating when young guys make mistakes, but you know what? He's a chief. So we should all be rooting for him to work out rather than, you know, let's cut the guy. I I was, I was admittedly, I was part of that team last week. Um, but let's hope he can uh, he can continue to improve. We'll find out a lot about what he's made of and a lot about what the Chiefs think of him if he's back there on the field. Okay, so as you guys know, this is a podcast, and one of the ways we get new listeners to to keep bringing you this content is by reviews. So this week we are giving away a really cool framed photo of patrick mahomes it's going to come from the fanatic store and what we need from you guys is to give us a written review on apple and we've tweeted this out a couple times from the arrowhead addict account i've tweeted it out but one thing that you and we've gotten a couple of reviews so we really appreciate that but one thing we need from you guys is to make sure that you tag us tag the arrowhead addict account tag me tag Verderam. We just need to see a, a a screenshot of your review, so that if you yep. win, we can give you the prize. Um, so a couple of people have left reviews, and they haven't they haven't sent us a screenshot of their review. So we just have a username on Apple. We don't know who you are. So please reach out to us on Twitter. Just let us know. We'll compile all these this week. We're gonna send this this uh, framed photo of Mahomes out. It's really cool uh, design. And listen, like this is just the beginning. We're gonna be doing these things almost weekly. We're going to have giveaways. Some you'll be able to participate in on Twitter and some you're going to have to listen to the podcast for, uh, to find out. We may do something like, hey, you know, to enter, tweet me and Vertaram what your favorite kind of cereal is. That maybe, that, maybe we'll do that next week. Um, but well, you know, we really need you guys. We need these reviews, these written reviews on Apple Podcasts. And Remember, you can always ask us a question in those reviews and we'll answer them on the podcast. So head on over to Apple Podcasts and help us out. It means a lot. We appreciate y'all. All right, let's talk about Chiefs versus Jets. So the DraftKings line on this game, it's at Arrowhead, is Jets plus 19.5 right now, which is insane. That's a college spread. Uh, I, it's, it's nuts. It's going to be a beautiful day at Arrowhead. They're calling for, uh, I think, in the 50s with sun. This is just going to be bad, is it not, for the Jets? <sighs>
0: There's, there's no reason to think the Jets are even going to be remotely in the game. None. Like We were talking about NFL coverage on Fanside earlier. Every Wednesday, I write a column called the NFL and under a thousand words. And essentially, it's just it covers every game. It's three stats on each game, kind of underlying stats that you can look for and, and pay attention to. And I write about a stat to know, just kind of an overall thing, and then a biggest mismatch for each team. And I don't say this biasly. It took me 15 minutes to try and find anything for the Jets. That was a mismatch against Kansas City. And I finally just settled on, well, the Jets are 15th and rushing the ball and the Chiefs are 30th against. That's it. it but I don't know that that matters because the Jets are going to be down. So does it even matter that the Jets can run the football? Like, not really. right? I, they, they can't throw. They have the worst DVOA passing in the league. Darnold's been terrible. Flacco when he's played has been even worse. Their line, Beckton is good when he plays. It's, it's, it's unclear if he's going to play this week. He's been limited in practice. Like I I don't defensively they're they're horrific. Like, I don't know that there's one thing, God knows they're not out coaching them, where I look at and go, yeah, the Jets have the advantage there. Like I I really think this is the rare NFL game where One team is just so much better, overwhelmingly better than the other that I don't see any way the Chiefs lose barring just either a horrible couple injuries early in the game or or like cataclysmic mistakes. And I don't even know if that would be enough. I'd prefer not to find out, but I I think that would be the only reasonable way they could possibly lose the game.
1: It's... It's bad. I was looking over the, you know, just looking over the rosters. Obviously, I know the Jets are are bad. They haven't won a damn game this year. But my God, like it, it, they've got nobody. I mean, the running back starting running back is Frank Gore. I mean, the the man is he's he was born. I'm 37 years old. He was born the day after me. Okay, like this is. By the way, speaking of Frank Gore, just a quick aside. Uh, FanSided released a really cool project this week. It's called FanSided 2030. And what we did is we looked 10 years into the future and tried to predict what maybe the sports world would look like. So if it's a micro set, if you go to fansided2030.com, you can see all these really cool articles. There's stuff in there about the Chiefs. Mahomes is, is, is playing a two-sport player right now. He's playing for the Royals. But Matt's got a really great article looking at Mahomes' legacy. So if you want to find out what what in one possible future, how many Super Bowls do the Chiefs win over the course of the next ten years, check that out. And we do have a funny article on Frank Gore, who is still playing in the NFL in the year 2030 and is still racking up the yards. He's incredible. But let's let's be honest here: you're not scared of Frank Gore, right? Um, you're not really. Is there anybody on the Jets that you're Normally, when we're doing these game previews, I look at the rosters. I'm like, okay, like, I'm, you know, this person can make some problems for the Chiefs. This, this guy, I'm worried about him, you know. Who are you afraid of on this team?
0: Nobody. Nobody. I mean, if I had to pick a guy, I guess I'd say Jamison Crowder. Like, he's, played he's probably not going to play. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I, he's, he's not practicing right now. He may not play. Like, he played four games this year so far, and he has 383 yards. So, like, that's actually great. But the, nobody else in the team, like Braxton Barrios, is an ex leading receiver. He has 176 yards. Like, and he's played in all seven games. To put that into context, if you flip over to Kansas City statistics, Clyde Edwards-Elaire has 194. He's fifth on the team. Like, I can't believe how bad the Jets are, but they are. I mean, you look at, like, Darnold's numbers, 5.7 yards in attempt. I mean, that's impossible. Like, seven yards in attempt is, is pretty underwhelming, right? Seven and a half about where you want to be to eight, somewhere in there. Mahomes, I believe, is right at 7.9. Darnold's 5.7. Now, it's amazing, which is – this is the part that's really amazing about this. So, you'd think 5.7 yards in a tenth, right? So, he's, he's just constantly checking down, really safe throws. He's completing 58% of his throws. So, like it's not even like he's completing like 74% or something and they're all underneath. He's completing 58%, three touchdowns, six picks. He's been sacked 18 times. The Jets, is a, as a team – have given up 24 sacks. They're rushing. I mean, Gore's averaging three and a half yards of carry, which is, which is not good. Uh, Perrine, their other back, again, three and a half yards per carry. They just they have nothing. They have no ability. Their leading tight end this year is 98 receiving yards, Chris Herndon, in seven games. It's not like he hasn't been playing. They have no tight end threat, no, re, no running back threat in the, in, the, in the passing game. They barely have receiver threats in the passing game. I really think that there's not one player on the Jets who would start on the Chiefs.
1: Not one. Maybe, maybe Crowder. Maybe, right? He'd be fighting who's, who's for he, that third. He he'd be fighting with. He'd be fighting with Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman for, for sure. reps.
0: I guess you could. I right? mean, I guess I. Look if you at consider
1: it like, a third wide receiver a starter.
0: Well, right, but I guess I guess I. I look at it more like so Crowder's their wide receiver one. He ain't starting over Hill. Right. Like right. you gonna I mean Quinn and Williams if you wanted to argue he he'd start over like Derek Naughty, but really he's their best interior lineman. So he would be compared to like Chris Jones. Well you're not starting him over Chris Jones. I mean the only guy I think that there's any argument is Avery Williamson maybe over Anthony Hitchens. Maybe. And like that's debatable. What about Beckton? They have no but Beckton, oh, he's banged up. I mean, like, they're so unbelievably bad. It's, yeah. If the Chiefs ever lost this game, it would be one of the more shameful things that's ever happened to the franchise. And I'm not exaggerating. Like it's that they're, It would be that bad of a loss.
1: They're bad. And let's look at the injury report really quick. On the yep. Chiefs side, I don't think this really matters. I, I put down the three notables here. Mitchell Schwartz still banged up with a back injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday morning, so we'll know more. Uh, later today, Armani Watts is sick, so he didn't practice, and Sammy Watkins still dealing with that hamstring. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, I'm not bringing these guys back. I don't even care if they no. if they if they could get their way to questionable. You just don't need them. You don't need them. There's just no there's no point. In fact, you know, with Schwartz in the back, especially, and even Watkins, like, yeah, you you might like to have them for that game against Carolina, but then you're going into the into the bye week. I mean, if you if you think you can beat Carolina without those guys, or you don't need to rush them back, give them. Give them three weeks off, four weeks off, so they can heal.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I think in the NFL, if guys are healthy, you play them. But in this scenario, yeah, there's no way I'm playing Watkins or sports this week. Zero. Now, if they're healthy for Carolina, hey, play you know, Carolina Carolina's a respectable team, they're probably going to have McCaffrey back for that game. Um, you, know, you don't want to give away any games because the schedule is such that you're going to have to keep winning. Because Pittsburgh and Baltimore are going to lose a lot of games. But this game, yeah, you do not need Watkins or Schwartz to win this game. Did Chisha win this game by 30 points. I don't care who's not playing, who's injured. None of it matters. You know, Jones has been limited early on this week. and he'll probably play, I would think. But if, even him, if he needs a week, give it to him. Give it to him. You're going to win this game. It doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think you err on the side of caution this week here, Andy Reid.
1: That's right. Jones has a groin. Uh, Chris Jones was limited in in practice. That's been an ongoing injury. He'll probably be good to go. They're just, they want to be careful with stuff like that. Jets, notables. Again, we talked, did not practice uh, on Wednesday. Jamison Crowder, he's been dealing with a groin. Rashad Perriman, who's another decent receiver that they have, has got a concussion. They're always very careful with that. It's possible he could come out of the protocol and play. Not really totally scared of him. Uh, Not scared at all, actually. (laughs) And then limited. Here's an interesting thing. Look, the, 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 some teams treat these these things differently. They throw everybody on the injury report, so it's hard to know the the status of everybody. Sam Darnold's got a shoulder. His shoulder has been bothering him, which is not good when you're a quarterback. Um, he's questionable to play. He's been limited. He'll probably play. He's been playing, uh, although he did miss a couple weeks. And his backup is Joe Flacco. So if you're the Chiefs, I, I think you'd rather face Joe Flacco if you had to if you had to pick. But really, it's it's just dealer's choice at that point. It doesn't really matter. Neither of these guys are good. Frank Gore is dealing with a hand injury. Makai Becton, really the Jets' entire starting offensive line, I think except for one of their guards, is is banged up. Makai Becton's questionable with a shoulder. Josh Andrews is questionable with a shoulder as well. Alex Lewis, I think he's the center, uh, is questionable with a shoulder. And then George Fant, questionable with a knee. So they're probably all play, but they're all banged up. And it's just it's just not good. Look, Here's the thing, and you and you mentioned some of some of Darnold's stats earlier. So let's just dive back in. He's got a 41.1 QBR. 58 percent of of his passes are completed. He's thrown for 912 yards. He did miss a couple games. Three touchdowns, six interceptions, 18 sacks. He's been sacked 12 times in the last two weeks. The only threat that Dan, Sam Darnold really proposes or, or poses to a team is that he can run a little bit with his legs, right? He's got. Um, 14 rushes for 117 yards and a touchdown this year, had a big run a couple weeks ago. I think of like 70 or 80 yards, but I mean, that's it, right? Like he can extend drives in like a, in like a poor man's Josh Allen kind of way, but he can't really throw the ball and he doesn't have any weapons. So if you're the chiefs, you're, you're not like, Oh, we got it. Crowder's probably not going to play. You're not worried about Frank Gore. I mean, just bracket him in the pocket and you're probably going to sack him four or five times and get a couple of interceptions. I mean, it's, there's just nothing to be afraid of. If you're the chiefs on defense, nothing at all, unless you just have a complete meltdown worst game of everybody has the worst game of their careers. And, and maybe the jets make it close. Um, it's just not, it's not good. Um, one of the storylines though, going into this game, obviously is Le'Veon Bell, right? He's, uh, he's, he's, was, was cut by the jets. Clash with Adam Gaze. I want to talk about him and our predictions for how many carries and touchdowns he's going to have, but we got to take a quick break. So on the other side, we're going to get to our predictions for this game. We're going to get to our Le'Veon Bell predictions. This is the Arrowhead Addict podcast. We'll be back in just a couple of seconds. All right, we are back. This is the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. We teased this before the break. You know, you've talked about this a lot, Verteram, about the way NFL locker rooms work. Is Andy Reid going to make sure he gets Le'Veon a few extra touches, especially now that he's had another week in the offense?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's coming. And guess what? They're going to get him in the end zone this week. I would bet my mortgage that he's going to score a touchdown this game. They are going to – if they have any opportunity down near the goal line, to get him the ball, they're going to do it. Like that's a great way for Andy to endear himself to Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, to make Le'Veon Bell feel good. I would be very surprised if he doesn't get the ball. And listen, he looked pretty good against Denver. Like Doug Farrar, uh, a friend of mine, a great writer over at the USA Today, tweeted out, in Le'Veon Bell's entire career with the Jets, he had two runs over 15 yards. He had two runs over 15 yards on Sunday for the Chiefs. So he, he looked pretty good. He's going to get the ball. Um, yeah, I would expect to see him mixed in quite a bit in this game. I, if, if, for no other reason, because he's going to be highly, highly motivated.
1: And, and teams have just been tearing up the Jets on the ground, too. Uh, the, the, the Dolphins shut them out. Miles Gaskin was running and, and, and catching balls out of the backfield. So this is kind of a great game for Andy to try a couple things out with Le'Veon Bell as well, get Clyde Edwards-Elair a little bit of work. He's still obviously the starter. But you can see you can see this one getting out of hand really quickly, and then it's, okay, we're, just, we're not we're going to expose Pat to hits. We're going to be running the ball shortening the game things like that. So while I do think it it will be a blowout. It could be one of those games that we're in we're sitting here in the third quarter and the Chiefs have already scored 30 points and they're just running running the ball, running some screens and things like that. It could get ugly uh for people who are playing against the Chiefs running backs in fantasy football this weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think if you have a lot of players with the Chiefs in fantasy football, it's a good weekend to try to fit them all in the lineup. Okay. So,
1: you know, there's just not a lot more to talk about with this game. There just isn't, unfortunately. Uh, the Chiefs' defense is way better than the Jets' defense. The Chiefs' offense, the Jets don't even have an offense. So I guess we just go to predictions because um, there's just not a lot to preview. We could start thinking about Carolina. Hope. look, I've seen a couple people on Twitter throw out it's just a trap game, trap game. Like you and I talked right before we started recording about the time that the Chiefs under Romeo Cornell beat the undefeated Green Bay Packers that Chiefs team actually won a few games the Jets are I mean they've really good they've got a real chance to go 0-16 it's know we, we're dealing with COVID yeah. players are gonna you know they they're, they're gonna players start making business decisions at this point right like we talked about Jamison Crowder you think Jamison Crowder is gonna come rushing back to play for the to play more snaps for the Jets no he's no, got a contract no
0: like you you know what? Look, I'll say this. Could the Chiefs lose? I mean, yeah. It's an NFL game. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, could they lose the game? Yes. But it would take pretty much them all betting on the Jets and then actively trying to lose the game. I mean, it really, it would. They're that bad. Like, believe me, I get paid to watch the NFL by by uh, our wonderful people here at Fanside. Like, that's my job for a living. I've watched the Jets. They are beyond horrendous. Like, if CBS has a soul, they will block the game out in New York and put on something that's less offensive, like those Sarah McLaughlin commercials with the puppies. Like, that's less painful. <laughs> right. I, yeah. The Jets are horrific. Now, to me, as, as someone who's just rooting for the Chiefs in this game, the biggest thing, don't get hurt. And obviously, of course, it can't help that. But that's the, that's the thing. The Jets are the NFL's version of a free space in this game. You just don't want to get hurt. You don't want to have a big injury. Like, if Kansas City's up 30 nothing at halftime, I'd yank everybody. Everybody. Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, Jones, Clark. There is no reason to get anybody hurt in this game if you don't absolutely have to be in there. Like, I always just start pulling guys. If I was Andy, I'd work on some things in this game that maybe feels like they need work on. You know, I don't – because if, if I'm Andy Reid, I don't care if we win by 17 or 37. It doesn't matter. Right, like certainly, I would build up a lead first. I wouldn't just screw with the game the whole way. But if I'm Andy Reid, I'm working on on situational stuff. I'm working on different plays that we maybe want to try to incorporate, or maybe we feel like we need to get some more reps on. I'm not worried about beating Jets by 50. If the Chiefs wanted to beat the Jets by 50, they'd do it. Um, you know, and this is a game too. Like with Mahomes, listen, this is a stats game. If he wants to throw five touchdowns in this game, I, I would believe he'll do it. But you, just, you don't see really bad teams beat really good teams very often, especially when the really good team is the best quarterback in football. I, I just – could it happen? Sure. Like, anything's possible. But it, it would have to be – let's put it this way. Was, this would be one of the greatest upsets in NFL history if Chiefs lost this game. Statistically speaking, yep. speaking from a line, like it, it would be one of the greatest upsets in NFL history.
1: If you're betting on it, are you are you taking the points for the I Jets? I would pick the Chiefs.
0: I'd I'd pick the Chiefs to cover. Wow. I. I just I mean, does anyone think the Jets are going to cover it? Like I, I don't know. I don't know one
1: person. <laughs> it's a lot of points, though, man. It's 19 and a half. Like right. You know, like I, I st- when, with a bet like that, I would stay far away from it because I start worrying about, like, garbage time, you know, then they they g- get a late touchdown or something, and now it's like, you know, the Chiefs are winning by three. It's hard to win by three scores, of the- three touchdowns in the NFL.
0: I, I agree with you, but, like, the Chiefs have dismantled most teams they've played this year, and the Jets are far worse than any of those teams. Like, they just beat Denver by 27 on the road. And I didn't even play all that well offensively. I look at this game and say, you're telling me the Chiefs aren't gonna beat this team like 24 to 3? Like the other problem the Jets are gonna have is Darnold's just gonna have to throw constantly. And that that means picks, sacks, mistakes. Like I the only scenario where the Jets cover to me in this game is if Kansas City just decides we are essentially going to yank everybody at halftime and just run the ball. And then maybe the Jets, you know, it's like a 27-10 a game or something.
1: Could be a big Chad Henny game. Could, could it get could multiple be. quarters. Yeah. All right, let's get to our predictions. I've got it. Chiefs 30, Jets 10. I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball very much and the Chiefs are going to run up and down the field. Verderam, what do you think?
0: Uh, I will pick the score to be – 33 to 10. I just, and I'll be, I'll say this. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Chiefs won this game, like 41, nothing. Like, I I really think that's on the table, but I'll say 33, 10. I think that sounds about right.
1: Yeah, sometimes these games can be weird with really good teams if they, they kind of let their guard down a little bit. So maybe the Jets snag an extra touchdown or something that they shouldn't have just because the Chiefs are bored and they're you know starting to think about what they're gonna do, have for dinner that night. But yeah, I agree. Um 30 to 10 for me, 33 to 10 for you, Matt. All right, let's talk about the AFC really quickly. We did this a little bit at the end of our podcast last week. The Steelers undefeated obviously they don't have a really tough schedule then you got the chiefs it's really the steelers chiefs titans ravens and everyone else right
0: yes yes um i think to me the only team that, that would scare me as a chiefs fan is pittsburgh pittsburgh is the only one that if the chiefs play well pittsburgh could hang in the game i i just Tennessee has no defense. They're the worst third-down defense in the NFL. They don't have a pass rush. You're asking a lot to beat Kansas City if you don't have a pass rush and you can't get off the field in third down. Like I, and, and we saw last year when they played each other that if the Chiefs really need to, to ball up against the run, they can do it. I, I just don't trust Tennessee defensively enough to, to think that they could beat Kansas City. And Baltimore – they don't match up with the Chiefs. They, they just – they blitz like crazy. Jackson can't throw the ball outside. I think Pittsburgh's the only one. And I'll be blunt. If Kansas City plays its best game, they're beating them too. But I, I think the Steelers are the one team because of the defense that they, they could give Kansas City a real game. If the Chiefs don't play really well, they could beat them.
1: I know they just beat the Tennessee Titans, who were also undefeated, barely by three. Roethlisberger did not play a particularly good game. I got to tell you, they're well-coached, and they have a good defense. I'm, yep. I'm not sold on the Pittsburgh Steelers yet. They've played, in order, the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans when Bill O'Brien was still there. Then they had a bye week. Then they played the Eagles, who were a disaster. The Browns, they slaughtered. The, the Browns are a good – like, they've got some good talent and, and, and all that, but, like, they just – it was so clear in that game that the difference between a, a team like the Steelers and the Browns, the Browns will beat the teams they're supposed to beat maybe, but th- they're not an elite team. And then the Titans, who you just pointed out, don't have a defense. They're also extremely well coached. So I'm not trying to take anything away from, from the Titans or, or really even the Steelers and saying this, but like they've played anybody. They haven't right. played anybody. Roethlisberger's thrown for over 300 yards one time. You're not scared of their running game. They can run the football. James Conner's a nice back. But, like, who's their, their number one receiver? Chase Claypool's emerging. Juju Smith-Schuster? Like, he's led the team in receiving twice with 69 and 85 yards. This is a team that can spread the ball around. They play good defense. But I, I think they're going to end up with a good record because listen to the rest of their schedule. They've still got to play Baltimore twice. They play Baltimore, Dallas, the Bengals, J- the Jaguars, Baltimore again, Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. Like, yep, they're just well coached enough, and they have a good enough quarterback that, like, I mean, they could go fifteen and one and
0: just not be that good, right? Maybe, maybe. Um, If you, you know, you actually bring up a good point. You're a Chiefs fan this weekend, yeah. You want the Chiefs to win first and foremost, always, but you want Pittsburgh to lose to Baltimore this weekend. You want them to lose in Baltimore, because I'm with you. Now I'm going to go. I'm going to go Galaxy Brain for a second because I just love this stuff. And I sat here and figured this out the other day. If the Chiefs and the Steelers end up tied, there's a very, very good chance the Chiefs are going to win the tiebreaker. Here's why. So when let's let's just say both of them go 14 and two. Okay, and the Steelers lose, you know, the Steelers are probably not going to lose an out-of-conference game because are only two left are the are the Washington football team and Dallas, and they already won the other two games against Philly and New York. So that would mean you play 12 conference games. That would mean in a 14 and two season, they went 10 and two in the conference. If Kansas City loses another game, it's probably going to be to Tampa or to New Orleans. That's the first tiebreaker if you haven't had a head-to-head game. The so Chiefs and Steelers won't. So the Chiefs would win the conference tiebreaker. The Chiefs would be 11-1. Pittsburgh would be 10-2. and The Chiefs would win the breaker. Now, even if the Chiefs lost a game in the conference, unless it's to Denver, they're not going to play another common opponent with Pittsburgh. And if Pittsburgh loses one game to Baltimore, that's enough. The Chiefs, the Chiefs win out there. The Chiefs would also have a bigger strength to schedule, strength to victory. The Chiefs are almost certain to win a tiebreaker against Pittsburgh, so really all the Chiefs have to do is be even with them. But you're right; their schedule is such. Now, I always believe every team loses one game it shouldn't. Even really good teams, they just do. You know, maybe the maybe the Bengals creep up on them. I know the Browns playing Week 17 in Cleveland. Now the Browns got waxed. I get that, but what if Cleveland's playing for the playoffs in that game? Like maybe they they summon it up and they they find a way to win. You know, they you know what if. What if Pittsburgh loses a game to Indianapolis, right? Like they're probably going to lose at least two games. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, we got to get to 14 and two. If we do that, we're getting a buy. So, and I'll say this too. I think if the chiefs are the two seed, that's not the worst thing in the world. Cause if they're the one seed, smart money says they're going to get whoever is the loser in the AFC North out of Pittsburgh and Baltimore. They're going to get them in the divisionals, and then they're going to get the winner of them in the AFC title game. Now, they're both at home, and you get the bye. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's, it's hard. If you're the two-seed, you're probably getting Cleveland or Indy in the first round at home, then Tennessee at home, and then the winner of Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, and maybe at home, depending on who wins. So I don't think the 2 seed's is the worst thing, but yeah, you want that buy. So if you want that bye, you probably have to get to 14-2. 13-3 might do it. 14-2, I think, would, would put them in very, very good position.
1: And One thing we haven't talked about, but the huge advantage that the Chiefs have here, is that the Steelers and the Ravens are in the same division. And I'm not yeah. just saying, not, not because they have to play each other, because one of them is going to have to be a wild card. Yep. And that messes up the seeding for a really good team. So that helps the Chiefs when, if, look, if you're, if you're Kansas City and you're two biggest rivals in, to win the AFC if you believe it's the Steelers and the Ravens and you want to have home field advantage, well, obviously the buy, the buy matters, right? But the, the other team, the, the, if the Chiefs are the two seed, because there's an extra playoff team this year, the, the, the seven seed that the Chiefs could end up playing would be so bad that it, it, yeah, they're to play an extra game, injuries, attrition, all that. It doesn't worry me as much. I'll tell you what worries me. I'm worried about the damn Chargers because of how well Justin Herbert is playing. They're a bad matchup for the Chiefs. The kid's really good under pressure. He doesn't it doesn't bother him. Things will change over the course of a season, so you know, and we and the Chiefs like the Blitz. I'm worried about the Chargers. But look at the Steelers schedule. I think you're right. The Browns might be if that running game sneaks up on them in week 17 at Buffalo Buffalo's trending in the wrong direction right now, but if they get it together,
0: they, they can that, win that could be game. a
1: tough one. Yeah. They could win
0: that game. Now listen, the Steelers could lose to the Bills. They could lose either one of the Ravens games. By the way, they played – Okay, Actually, my old man and I were talking about this the other day because we both, like most football fans, enjoy football on Thanksgiving. But every year, we get the damn Lions, and the game sucks, and then there's the Cowboys, and that game lately has sucked. This year, here's the Thanksgiving Day slate. The Texans are at the Lions to start Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: I mean, is that not – like if there, has there ever been a reason to just chug tryptophan more than that game? And then it's Washington-Dallas in the afternoon game. The only saving grace is Baltimore-Pittsburgh as the night cap at Hinesfield. That's a great game. Right. Those first two games, my God, the NFL should be forced to give an apology.
1: The the nightcap has been the good game, and th- thank God they added it because it's look. I, th- they've been super stubborn about this. People have been calling for it for for years to to make to stop with this. The Lions have to play every, and the Cowboys this year, this year more than any other, and they love to throw Washington in there too on Thanksgiving. Like just stop it. They suck. Please, these stop. teams suck. It's t- you want to sit here and watch a matchup of Andy Dalton? Come on, man. Like. Who knows if he'll even be alive by the time we get to Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, and I don't mean to say that, there's COVID going on. So, I mean, like, not horribly injured. Um, he took a really nasty hit. Like, they're just, they stink. Like, teams are just, they're not afraid of him. He's not good. So, who knows who will be their quarterback come Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, I, I hate it. And I'm a traditionalist in almost every form of my life, but not with, the, I, I am, no, enough with the Lions. For the love of God, enough with the Lions. Just please. Anybody else would be great. Anybody. It's just – and by the way, and I know like this, is a, this isn't just because we're having no fans this year in a lot of places. Is there a more boring place to watch a game than Ford Field? It, it, it's like everybody's in a coma. There's no atmosphere. You watch the games, and it's just – I remember when the Chiefs played there last year. And just it was just such an aesthetically like just a sterile looking stadium. There's nothing going on. Like at least Dallas, Jerry World, normal year, it's a hundred thousand fans. Right. There is nothing about the watching a Detroit Lions game where you're like, Oh, this is fun. It's terrible. It's terrible every time.
1: Yeah, it's just not. It's uh... And, and it's such a great day to watch football. That's the thing about Thanksgiving because you're just sitting around all day. You're waiting for the turkey yeah. to cook, right? So it's like there's not – nobody's opening presents. None of that crap is going on. Nope. Just sit there, drink a beer, watch football, eat some – if somebody made some appetizers, you know, like just – and it's all day, right? You just got to – so please, NFL, we are begging you. Please, Get the lions off of Thanksgiving. Just do it. Just do it. It's make a better product. Come on, man. It needs to stop. Yes. Yeah. It's. it's just, maybe. Maybe we can get it on the ballot next time around. Maybe the government can force them to do it. Uh, Election day is coming up. All right. I, I just. I don't. I don't have anything else for you. I was going to maybe say if we could talk about our favorite Chiefs running backs of all time. Let's. Let's save that one um, uh, for, for another day because there's just not a lot to talk about with this Jets game. Uh, Any closing thoughts before we we get out of here and make this a shorter one, Werderham?
0: No. I would really just say, look, uh, enjoy the game. The Chiefs should win. This should be a relaxing game. Of course, these are famous last words. I get pictured, you know, it's 24-21, I'm having a stroke. But I don't think so with this Chiefs team. Maybe in the past, I don't think so. I, I think this is a game you sit back, enjoy it, relax. Um, you know the the week ahead might be a stressful one, so enjoy the game and uh, just hope for no injuries. Really, like whenever you get a game like this, the biggest thing is just come out of it clean. That's it. So if the Chiefs come out of it clean, you got one more game for the bye, then the Raiders, then the Buccaneers. So there's you know you kind of turn that bend into some pretty interesting games. But no, I think the Chiefs should be fine this game. And if they win it, seven and one, they're on pace for fourteen two record. That's a hell of a start. I don't I don't care how you got there, what that's a that's a great start, and the Chiefs look every bit like a Super Bowl winning team.
1: Injury free is what we need this weekend. Listen, everybody, have a have a really happy Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Uh, I'm going to the drive-in to see Nightmare on Elm Street, my favorite horror movie. I'm super stoked about that on Halloween night. Uh, never seen that one on the big screen before, so pretty pretty cool opportunity to to go to the drive-in. So I hope whatever you're doing for Halloween. You have a good time and then listen if you like what you heard you can subscribe to the arrowhead addict podcast we're on apple podcast where you can leave us reviews spotify google amazon music and everywhere you get your podcast remember we're giving away a framed picture of patrick mahomes it's really cool it's got chief's colors on it it's 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 not kind of like a dorky like eight by ten it's like a piece of it's an art piece right like it's it's pretty awesome so um We'll be tweeting that out. I'll tweet it out. Verderam will tweet it out. And of course, it will be from the Arrowhead Addict account. Just all you got to do, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a genuine review over there. Please leave us five stars, genuine five stars. And, um, and then just, just tag us, tag any of us with a screenshot of your review. It takes a while to show up in Apple, so don't wait for that. Just tag us on Twitter. I'm at, at R. Patrick Allen. Matt is at, at Matt Vertaram. Please follow the Arrowhead Addict site expert at Matt Connor AA. And, of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. Please have a safe and happy Halloween weekend, everybody. We will see you on Sunday evening when we break down the horrors of the Chiefs-Jets game. It's going to be a runaway. 7-1 Chiefs start getting ready for Carolina. Uh, for Matt Rotoram, my name is Patrick Allen, and we will see you on Sunday night. And as always, go Chiefs!